It's time for Tuesdays at Top Golf with Austin Lane, Brent Martineau, and the Jacksonville Jaguars all-time leading scorer, Josh Scobie, sponsored by Top Golf. On the Tuesday, got your girl in the Hey, welcome back, everybody. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Josh Scobie here from Top Golf in Jacksonville. And uh, we call it football at five as well. Tuesdays from Top Golf. And wow, it's like um, the kicking situation went away. Yeah, yeah, okay, Jags are all right. Just out of nowhere. I have no idea why. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What's your take? Uh, man, obviously uh, not a good look for anyone. I'm sure you guys have talked about this ad nauseum. Uh, but yep. Whenever you're the leader of a football team, especially as polarizing as Urban is, um, you can't put yourself in that situation, just ever. And I understand. I mean, you're 0-4. You're going through things. You're not feeling very good. You wanted to stay back and hang out with friends and family and do your thing. But as a, you know, head coach, I'm not even going to mention being a married man and a father, whatever. You can't put yourself in that position to where you have to explain yourself to your peers and to your your team the next day or two and have people wondering what it is you're doing. Let me ask you guys this. You're a 24-year-old, second-year player, third-year player in the NFL. Your coach says that to you in a team meeting, and you've seen it all go, and he addresses it, he apologizes. Is it kind of like, okay, yeah, whatever? Just that part of it. Just say that part, you're like, uh... You laughing behind the closed doors you're like uh, I, I can't believe you did that you're mad at him you lose respect for him I and mean, seriously what's the reaction of a player and not you you guys are a little different now you, you family men yeah. you might not have been at that time you know you're 24 or 25 years old that's the majority of the locker room um, so what what would be your reaction to this weekend? You know, me now, it might be a little bit different than when I was playing. But still, at the same time, it, it, it would have been questioning why, you know, this person who's supposed to be leading us, who's giving us these speeches about integrity and responsibility and overcoming adversity, all these little things that he preached and ran a class on at Ohio State, and then he went out and, and did it. I mean, it, we're all human. We all make mistakes, and we all deserve a second and third and fourth and fifth chance sometimes. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, your, your team is 0-4, and, and winning solves all problems. And right now they're 0-4. So whenever you make a mistake like this, it just magnifies everything and makes it that much worse. Yeah, uh, tack off what Josh said. I mean, the most important thing right now is that you're 0-4. And, and I remember when I was 24 years old, was not a family man. Shout out to the Jack's Beach Bars. <laughs> but, you know, where, of them? Where, where it rubs me the wrong way in the beginning is the fact that he didn't come back with the team on the plane. Uh, because, uh, absolutely. Because that plane ride, it's not a fun one when you lose. All yeah. right? It's, it's somber. Everybody's ticked off. Yep. Everybody's upset. You want to point the finger. But you ride that plane back together and you go through it together. He wasn't on that plane. And much to Jihad Ward, uh, which you talked to him, Brent, he didn't know he, or Meyer wasn't going to. Yeah, last night on Jack's report. I'm sure they didn't. Yeah. And I mean, how many times were you on a team plane coming back where the head coach, after a loss, 
would walk through the aisles and chat with guys oh, and be like, hey man, yeah, good plan. Let's let's get it going tomorrow. Let's yep. get back in the weight room, get in the film room. Let's do this. So when your head coach isn't on the plane, I mean, I'm hoping that he okayed that with Trent Baalke before and Shad Khan before. But still, it, that wasn't a, a good plan. And if they had won, fine. No problem. No problem. Yeah. If they lose the way they lost, you make another plan. And you come back to Jacksonville and you get started. And unfortunately, he made a bad decision. Uh, have you ever... The thing going around is it's unprecedented, right? Nobody's ever heard of it. I haven't. I've, I've, I've ridden on a lot of those team planes. Never heard I of it. I think the only time, again, and I've said this before, Gus Bradley got fired in Houston, <laughs> which, by the way, you could yeah. criticize the Jags for when they did it. Sure. Before he got on the bus to go to the yeah. airport, and he still flew home with the team. Like, that had to be awkward, but he still flew home with the well, team. maybe there wasn't a flight available. There might uh, not have been. Said, come on, come on, you can come with us. <laughs> Get on the Greyhound bus yeah. and now, see Now, there. Gus's dad, I believe, passed away when they were in London one year, did not fly with the team to attend the funeral, and then ended up going on his own to London yeah. like a day or two later. That's right. So those are the only two times I ever remember even vaguely thinking about a coach on a plane or not on a plane. But if you look at social media and everything else, players will say, I've never heard of it before. Yeah. And so does it showcase, does it say to the players, hey, I'm, I'm bigger than you. I'm more important than you. I can do this. Hey, Josh Allen, you could have gone to Kentucky this weekend and watched them play the Gators and beat the Gators, but nah, you can't do that. You got to fly back to Jacksonville, then fly to Lexington. Does it does it kind of say that maybe in the days after, like players could be talking about that now? Like, hey, that's not oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, it's just not a good look, really. And Austin knows this. I mean, when guys get in groups in the locker room between meetings between practice after practice whatever you just start talking about things and rumors start flying mm -hmm. and you say random things and it's just not good it you would rather have positive things to talk about and say yeah you know coach walked through and he came and patted me on the back and said hey that was a great play you made on third down let's keep that going work on that but the fact that he wasn't there it it just adds to it and makes it more negative it, it made a negative situation more negative and then way way more negative with what we all saw on social media yeah so where it would rub me the wrong way being a player in that locker room right now is if it affects how i prepare for tennessee yeah and that's what's transpiring right now yeah we see on video you know and in the worst light pretty much possible that's your personal life it's a distraction it's an issue but i can get past that but what I can't get past is when our team meetings, we're supposed to put the Cincinnati Bengals game behind us and move on to Tennessee. Those are getting compromised now because of your decisions, because of your distractions. That, to me, as a player, is where I have an issue more than anything. Is I'm supposed to be on a Tennessee. I get paid to perform on the field, and my job's on the line to perform on the field, and I can't even prepare properly now because I'm making up for a coach's decision. Yeah, I mean, listen, the 24-hour rule has become like the 96-hour rule. <laughs> I mean, it really yeah. has. It's like, yeah, I don't know, based on Michael Silver's report about a player saying that, hey, canceled meetings and all this other stuff, have the Jags even started preparing for Tennessee? Now, I'm assuming the coaches today did a lot of it, and probably did some of it over the last couple of days, but I don't know how much the players have really prepped yet, and and how much do they before Wednesday? Some we, you talk to players over the years, some be like, yeah, well, we're just looking at the film today, or yeah. we're just doing that. So I don't want to over dramatize it, but it's a big game coming up. I mean, the Tennessee Titans allowed this 
allowed you to have a little bit of hope. Now, listen, we all don't believe the Jazz are going to win the AFC South, but they allowed a little hope for a locker room that's 0-4 to be like, hey, if they beat Tennessee, now we're only a game out. That's a little life in a dead locker room, right? Uh, in, a, in a team that's lost 19 in a row and four straight to start the year. And I'm not even sure they've prepped for Derrick Henry and company yet. That's, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, typically after you have that Thursday game, you get a couple days off. They, they try to get guys back on Sunday night uh, for, you know, meetings, maybe weightlifting or whatnot, conditioning, and then uh, a practice on Monday. So I'm assuming that they've gone through that. But you're right. I mean, the game planning doesn't actually start for the players until Wednesday, typically. Mm -hmm. uh, granted, I was a kicker, so I really don't know about that but, no, but I mean, that, that sounds right you know, you're, you're right but then see every team i've been on it's been different if you're having a rough season if you're 0 and 4 and you have a couple extra days sometimes like, i remember i think it when this would have been in detroit we came in early one day like an extra day just to watch film yeah just to get ready because every yeah, game just was do so a little important. extra yeah because yeah. You're, you're you're losing records so you come exactly. in and do more the extra is obviously right now and this team's out the window <laughs> yeah and that's yeah, the there problem is no extra. the extra is the other direction yes, yeah. yes. and so not the Distraction. The, the right direction. Yeah, the extra has become distraction. Uh, by the way, to your point on a Sunday, I had heard that's what the Jags had planned to do. And th the timeline could still allow for that. Friday, Saturday off, Sunday back in the building. And so we that could have still taken place. It could have. Um, we don't know that for sure because <laughs> Urban – now, we didn't know he didn't even fly back with the team until Urban brought it up. That's the crazy part about that. Yeah. That's getting so much attention. Yeah. And he brought it up like nobody ever needed to even know that. And he kind of made his own bed in that regard. All right, I've got a thought, guys. On, uh, I said this to somebody today, that I believe, and you guys have been in them, but I believe that at the baseline, NFL franchises have a certain level of toxicity to it to begin with, even the great ones. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's a lot of egos. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of skeletons. There's a lot of people that are That's loyal to others that yeah. no longer exist there. Sure. There can be the equipment guy, the video guy, the sales guy, the so this much. guy that doesn't like this guy and that guy, right? And so I believe even at the base, there's a level of toxic in an NFL building that just naturally exists. Yeah. And so when you hear stuff coming out, like, you know, they, week one uh, on some coaches don't like the way this is going on. And some, like the leaks of that don't surprise me with the Urban Meyer stuff. But what this has done now is really put the spotlight on Urban, Shad Khan's statement, everybody talking about it, fire him, resign, all, and what it does is it pulls more of those people out of the woodwork, gives them more of a voice because, hey, Mike Silver's calling inside that building. Yeah. You know, Michael Lombardi's got sources here or there saying this and that. People that are no longer with the franchise would like to see this fail. Like, I believe that exists. Oh, absolutely. And a lot of people in this situation want to see Urban fail, in my estimation, because he's not an NFL guy. Mm -hmm. And he's Urban. And a lot of people just don't like Urban to begin with. That doesn't dismiss what Urban's done or all that. But I'm just telling you, I believe there's a level of toxicity already that, that exists. What overcomes that is New England winning for 20 years, <laughs> right? That or does people help. doing that. And when you lose, it brings it more to the surface and the surface. So I don't know if any of the stuff that we're hearing now over the last 24, 36 hours is that unusual, but you're going to hear it when this kind of garbage happens. It, it, and it happens more than you think. Um, the problem is, or the good thing is for NFL teams is they have really good PR people. Yeah. So they can just sweep <laughs> it under the rug and you never hear about it. For sure. Because, I mean, this, literally, this stuff happens all the time. 
but not necessarily with a head coach. It happens with players all the time, and they can find a way to get away from it. Um, the problem is we have our extremely vocal, outspoken guy leading this team that did something that is on social media, and now social media runs everything. It doesn't matter what the world does. Social media is running it. Um, and he, he's put himself in a light that sheds a horrible negative light on the team, and it, it's not helping at all. So I think one of the biggest misconceptions of an NFL locker room is, like, people will watch, like, a movie like uh, Remember the Titans, right? And, like, how they all came together at the end, and they're so tight-knit, and they're a family, and it's, a, it's that Disney moment. And people think, well, I guess every Super Bowl-winning team has that kind of chemistry. And I've never been on a Super Bowl-winning team before, but I've been on a lot of teams, Same. some good, yeah. some bad. And, and I was at the, the beginning of Andy Reid and his time in Kansas City. Even that locker room had guys that didn't see eye to eye. Yeah. Every locker room is made up of different guys from different upbringings with different opinions. And they're not always going to agree, and there's going to be a mess. It's as simple as that. Like Josh alluded to, you have to have a good PR team. But I think what, what all the, the championship teams are built on is trust um, and it's respect. And when you lose the trust and respect of a team, you, you go by the wayside. I'm reminded back in 2014, I'm on the Chicago Bears. That year during training camp, they were expected to be a damn good team. You had Jay Cutler, you had Elshon Jeffrey, Matt Forte, uh, Martellus Bennett, uh, Brandon Marshall. Like This team was supposed to be, like, you had a defense that was playing at a very high level as well. One incident between Martellus Bennett at the time, a rookie named Kyle Fuller at the cornerback position. Right. One incident where Martellus Bennett gets oh, in a fight with Kyle that. Fuller, and our head coach, Mark Chessman, sends Martellus Bennett home the rest of the training camp. And since that move, the locker room was divided because the veterans were like, well, you got to keep him on the team. He's one of our captains. He's a, he's a locker room guy. Like, we need him here. And the rookies were like, he's trying to kill us. Like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> yeah. and, and there was a divide in that locker room. Well, I get let go a couple weeks later, but I come back for the last game of the seasons. I got brought back on the team, and I saw how that locker room was divided. And I saw how that one instance of Mark Chessman sending somebody home on his decision, didn't ask anybody else, sent Martellus Bennett home, ruined that entire season. I think they won four or five games that year. Completely underachieved. Mark Chessman got, got fired. Over one decision. That's losing trust. That's losing faith in somebody. You hear those kind of words being echoed right now in this locker room as well. Well, yeah, and, and there's some stories of that stuff. And again, I guess my point is you always hear stuff, uh, even in yeah. good locker rooms. Whether it's and good true teams. or not. Yes. Mm -hmm. But the... The bottom line is, uh, we kind of knew when this was a tough camp, this plus-two mentality, college-style things that are a little different for the normal NFL coach, NFL building, NFL players like veterans, that if it didn't go well early, you wondered if it could spiral out of control. And so now I think we're at that point. We are at this crossroads here in Jacksonville that if, like, I really feel like right now sitting here on a Tuesday, Josh, you know me, I'm a positive guy. I think they're going to get the doors blown off them on Sunday. So, like, I really just I'm feel right like, and you. if that happens, I think it's over. Like, I don't know if it's over, meaning Urban's done on Monday. I'm saying it's over for this 2021 team to have any really a semblance of what we've seen so far, which is week one to four, some improvement. And then maybe there's some wins at the back end. I'm not sure we're going to see that. I think we might see a mess 
in Jacksonville based off Sunday's performance. So draft I guess talk, Brent, draft, draft talk, talk right away. Well, up, and man. next coach talk probably, yeah, who's right? Who's the uh, number one overall pick <laughs> that we're looking yeah. to next year? So I guess my point to you guys, or my question to you guys would be, what saves it now? I mean, how critical is this game on Sunday? What salvages or, or kind of gets this thing back on track to where – we were talking late Thursday night, like, hey, this team might be close to a win around the corner, even though that was disappointing they lost. I, I, I think it's not necessarily the result um, in terms of win, wins and losses. It's baby steps and doing the right things and not turning the ball over, not committing dumb fouls and not doing stupid things on and off the field. And that will help out. That will. The, the wins will come. They yes. will. I mean, it's if they stay on that track, correct, right? If they stay on that track, uh, if they continue to, you know, spiral down, then they're not going to win a game. Um, and I mean, right now, if you look at the schedule, it's set up to where it's going to be tough for them to win a game. It's hard to find a win, it's but the Jets really but just beat the Titans, right? Well, yeah. true. So well, that's good. the way the NFL yeah. works. Thanks, Jets. Uh, we really appreciate that. So now <laughs> yeah, Titans, Titans are focused, right? for us. <laughs> Derrick Henry will run for 400 yards. But, yeah, it's just it's little things like that that you need to improve on to help build the trust back, or if Urban can do that in the next few weeks. But I'm telling you, literally one win will help it. Because after the game, you come in, and you're like, oh, all right, that wasn't a yeah, big deal. Yeah, but yeah. when you lose, well, that's, just for like, everybody. that's no, why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. See you Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. you, you get the, the see you Wednesday. But yeah. I, I, it takes little things to help make something bigger. And if they lose, it's just going to exponentially make it worse. So from the national narrative, the Jaguars need to win this game against Tennessee. Simple right. as that. Yes. Because if they don't, the conversation's going to be, well, it's dis they're, just, they're distracted. Yeah, yeah. Fire, urban. Yeah. From where I sit, and I think from where that team sits, yes, that team wants to win. Duh, that's why you're in the NFL. But if they can keep on improving, because these past three games, we've seen improvement. Now, the last half of the Bengals game, say what you want, but I think overall, the overall product, we saw improvement. So that's three games in a row you've seen improvement. If you come out against Tennessee and you look like you did against Houston, well, now... And, and like you said, Brent, like teams have good games, bad games. I get that. You cannot afford to have a bad game. No, this you one can't be You bad. can't have a really this, poor half. No, no. You, you have to put everything together, and it has to be a good product because if it's not, there is so much stacked against you right now in terms yeah. of ammo that we can throw at you. You have to perform well. Yeah. They'll just say, that's why. Yeah. That's why. Exactly. That's why. We're, we're on the same page. I, I think how this game looks, not necessarily the W, although I agree with you on the national front, mm -hmm. the W probably does matter. Monday morning, they're still talking about firing Urban Meyer or should he resign and all yeah. that. But I do think internally in that building, and that's really what's most important, is how this game looks is crucial. This is I, I don't know. We might be talking about Urban Meyer resigning on Monday yeah, if, if it looks so bad. I mean, I don't know that. Where, I have no I idea. Mean, but could we beat? Could that? Could you really? Could you get a situation where it looks so bad Sunday, where he feels like he lost the team, and he's Absolutely. like, "This ain't gonna work. Yeah. This yeah. isn't gonna work. I'm done." For sure. I mean, could you? As you ask yourself that on a Sunday into Monday, I can see that. Like, I think that is actually a possibility at home. Not predicting with the it. Fans booing. Yeah. I, so, and I could see him just being like, "I'm done." I'm done. No, I don't I need can, the money. I can absolutely see that. Uh, and so...
that's how big this game is Sunday as I sit here on a Tuesday. I could change my mind by Friday, but I don't think I'm going to. <laughs> I think this is a massive game well, I mean, against the Titans on how it looks. Yeah. Not the scoreboard, how it says, but how it looks. Absolutely. With his track record, too, and availing on random things, or, you know, Florida, yes. Ohio State, mm -hmm. For you know reasons like that, it, I mean this is just another reason, and it could it could happen. But it Josh, really see, this is different though to me because you're bailing. Like, yeah, you bailed. You, you can say that all you want, but at the time when you left, they're at a pretty good spot. This team right now is not at a good spot. <laughs> so Much essentially, different. you're trying to build a house. You're still at the foundation. Now you just want to walk away from yeah. it. Yeah. Well, yeah. or like at least at the very least, like, you could argue Florida wasn't in a great spot, but they had done things, right? Sure, sure. Or right. national yeah, yeah, You had already yeah. left your mark on them in a positive way. Yes. You've done nothing here. Yes. Haven't even won a football game. Yeah. And uh, we talked about this earlier, Josh, and, and you go back and listen our, on our uh, podcast, Action Sports Jacks, on ESPN 690. I believe this these coming days, weeks, months are a huge legacy play for Urban Meyer. How he is viewed until the end of time and well after his time will be determined over these next, whether he pulls this out, this this organization out of the mud and, and, and rallies behind what's going on and fights back on what's going on and kind of has that competitive spirit about it, or he just says, I'm out of here. And if he says, I'm out of here, he is done. And like, there's already a 50-50 split on Meyer. Uh, nationally or across oh, the whatever even before the season it was probably Absolutely. less than that and yeah. there would be a 95 to 5 split Absolutely. it would be done and so that's what's at stake in my opinion on the next whatever that happens over these next few months with urban meyer let's take a break uh, we are live at top golf here in jacksonville until six o'clock uh before we do that actually let's get captain rick on the line florida sportsman fishing report captain rick what's happening you just hold on one minute friend Bartno. A week ago, Dan Mullen was the best play caller in the SEC, and all we could talk about was how much the Jaguars have improved. Now it's now it's a week later, and you know Dan's lost to Kentucky twice in the last four years. You know I I don't see any progress, and we're talking about Urban Meyer and It's what it's a blocked field goal for the Gators, and it's a grubbing up Urban Meyer on a video, and now they're both in trouble. It's crazy. Yeah. That's a crazy world we live in, but uh, that's I, I would, I would say, hey, hey, Captain Rick, I'd rather say we'd rather be uh, Dan Mullen than Urban Meyer this week. <laughs> hey, yes, I can't believe either one of them are in trouble. But let's talk a little fishing. Good day today. Um, no no trolling boats. It was pretty rough out at the ledge. Really running hard. Robert Simon reported an excellent catch of trigger fish, a 40-pound grouper. That's a big one, by the way. Uh, plenty of amberjack and lots of vermilion snapper. So bottom fishing, really very good despite rough conditions. In short, we were looking for a real high flood tide this morning that would get the reds tailing in the grass. It did not happen. It didn't get quite high enough, the guys reported. But tomorrow morning we get the same situation, and we've had more east wind today than we had yesterday, which should push in more water. I may want to call in sick tomorrow morning and be waiting in the grass. I think the reds will be showing themselves. The next few days, it looks like the uh, ocean's going to be pretty rough. I don't see it backing up. Maybe even for a week, it may stay rough that long. But one thing you can count on, we'll be back to report on it tomorrow afternoon. Live, brought to you by Workman's Quick Fish Plumbing and CSS Landscaping. All right, thanks, Captain Rick. Have a good night, man. Thank you, boys.
All right, well, we appreciate it. Uh, each and every day, Action Sports Hacks on ESPN 690. Usually learn something on the fishing report. I fellas. love it, man. Absolutely. I learned Those something. threads are coming in, Brent. Yeah. Told you. I like to fish, so I, I told love you. it. 7 a.m. until 9 a.m. on Saturday mornings as well with Captain Rick and Company on ESPN 690. Don't forget we have the wild card game between the Red Sox and Yankees tonight, 8 o'clock on ESPN 690 as well. But we're not going anywhere. Football at 5, and Tuesdays at Top Golf continue right after this with Josh Gobi, Austin Lane, Brent Martin, Casey Kurtz. Maybe we'll get away from this Urban Meyer topic at least for a moment. Oh, good luck. Yeah. We'll be back <laughs> on ESPN 6. Just to take it behind the curtain, there is a rhythm in the NFL. I have no problem if you want to go out and all that. Like, that's not up to me to say. But what I can tell you with two decades of experience, travel with your team. There is a rhythm to things. You have 24 hours to do an autopsy, good or bad. Set your roster, look at injuries, and say, okay, Thursday night, long season, take three days off. But not to go back with your team, to me, is wrong. The optics are awful. And not to just come out and say, hey, I screwed up, try to justify it. I was really disappointed in that. That bomb there? Yep. Yes, it is. Do we really need to trust anything that he says either hey that's 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 brent's like dude is so, it a little respect that's yeah. not true. him and him and mike tannenbaum are like best draft players so <laughs> no, nah. brent excuse me how many times we played the, the mike tannenbaum footage or the audio back when you drafted trevon diggs in the mock draft that's true i don't okay. trust did, anyone that's support. ever been a gm ever uh, it, that's, yeah yeah it's a it's a great it's what about the guy that drafted you still don't trust him okay i got you but i do like it hey what's up g no, he didn't draft No, no I'm saying for me. Oh, yeah. I trust him. Don't trust him. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, Gene? Yeah. So oh, hope you're doing well. He's yeah. teaching a class Thanks for opportunity, dude. Tennessee. Yeah. Thanks hey, by the way, how good was it to see uh, Justin Blackman out in Oklahoma State? Did you see that? Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm not a guy that looks into pictures and says, oh, he looks good, he looks great. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on with yeah, this. But the fact that he was back in Stillwater, this is a guy that I've always th – this is the player. I say this all the time. This is the player in this kind of world and business that I look at and say, wow, man, addiction is something. It was, because it was hardcore when he was here, like yeah. hardcore. And, and, and just the fact that I always look at it, like, I don't know why Telvin left all the details yeah. of why Telvin left, and he left a lot of money on the table. But the talent and the money left on the table by Justin Blackman shows you just how much of addiction can really ruin you yeah. and if he has made it back to the point where he's living a functional life and and he's better uh, and some of those demons are gone man I, I really wish and hope for that more than anything on the football field and I know football fans want the football stuff but this is the one guy in my career that I look at and I'm like gosh I hope he beats that and uh, he was still so young and he's got good family around him and so maybe that's a good sign for Justin Blackman that he's turned his life around a little bit. I don't know if that tells the whole story, yeah. but it was good to see him out there is my point. Yeah, that, I, was, I was happy to see that picture and obviously look at it and wonder a lot of things. But, I mean, he off the field just had his issues, had his struggles, but genuinely a nice guy. Yes, like, oh, a good yeah. guy. Very nice guy. For sure. And the most talented receiver I've ever seen in practice and in games as a teammate. I mean, just other than Jimmy Smith, but like this guy would make plays in practice that you're like, oh my gosh. And you you yeah. can see the talent. Um, and it's just an amazing that, you know, someone was suffering from that kind of addiction and he would 
was still able to put that all together on the field yeah. and be you just, just one hell of a receiver. And, yeah. and, and it's ultimate question of what could have been, you know, and then that's never a fun conversation to have from a teammate's perspective, but obviously his perspective as well. But like you said, Brent, I mean, if he's out around people, he's out in the public eye, uh, I feel like that's a good thing. Yeah, he, he was always kind of an introvert in terms of yeah. that. Yeah. And I think that's why he re you know, resorted to what he did to be a little more extroverted, but I, it's good to see him back in public and doing what he's doing and wish him, wish him the best. He was drafted in 2012 now, and this yeah. is a guy that I saw what you saw on the field. You saw closer and more, but I saw a guy that this guy was going to be really good. There was oh, yeah. some debate of how good he was. I, there wasn't a debate for me. I thought this guy was special. Now, I mean, I had seen a guy on that field. Now, I didn't get to see Jimmy Smith up close. But since I had come to Jacksonville, I was like, this guy is talented, man. And he is a game changer. And what he would do, I, like the stories I heard, just, I mean, even showing up to meetings and all this stuff, even with all this stuff going on, yep. he hit it very well uh, at times and was still functioning, like at a very high level, or at least yes. at a football level. No, for sure. And, and uh, it helped that he had hands that were s the size of, like, a first baseman's <laughs> mitt. Yeah. He, he played bigger and faster than he actually was because yeah. he was about 6'1 and, you know, 210. But his hands were twice the size of mine. Wow. I shook his hand one time. He grabbed my elbow. <laughs> I was like, what just happened? Like, we're the same size. Yeah. What's going on? Oh, man. Brett Martineau, former Jags kicker Josh Scobie, of course, former Jags defensive end Austin Lane here at Top Golf. Tuesdays at Top Golf uh, here until 6 o'clock. So um, hopefully that's a good sign for uh, Justin Blackman uh, to come, no doubt. Uh, hey, Casey, you got, uh, you, got, you got some interviews to play for us? Yeah. The gator, the tra do you see the gator in the trash can? The gator in the trash yeah, can? Yeah, did you see that video? It sounds like Austin. It. Oh, yeah, I mean, of you do a morning show, you better see it. Yeah, I, I did see I it. I mean, that's yes. probably like an hour conversation gator on the morning the show. We, we did discuss it a little bit, yes. Did you yes. see that on Twitter, the, the guy that caught the gator in the trash can? I did not. Wow, I'm going to have to show sounds it like a metaphor for something University I'm, 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 I'm sorry, now, Josh, with all due respect to you, when Brett Martineau showing you viral videos... You might have an issue. That's a good point. Yeah. You might have an issue. So, K Casey, Casey set this up. Yeah, so the situation is this. Our, our guy, who we don't know his name, unfortunately, our guy had a gator in his driveway, and he needed to get it out of his driveway. This so, is not a good idea. Yeah, it, it's really not. So he decided, I'm going to use a trash can. Uh-huh. And he has wrangled the gator in the trash can and miraculously gets it in there, does not get bit by the gator. But now we start, the story comes out about it, and we find out more about this guy who, it turns out, is from Philadelphia. Okay. Oh, and Philadelphia, know. as we know, have some great sports fans, and they they've do? never been known to let a shot at a certain player get past them. Let me be honest. I didn't think my father instincts kicked in, because my daughter is a risk taker. She got a bike. She's not, we're from Philadelphia, so we don't have alligators, so she kind of hit the tail with the, you know, with the, with, the, with the bike, with the alligator and all that, so I just jumped into action, and I said, you know what, I'm not going to be Ben Simmons, I'm going to capture this basket. <laughs> I mean, the, the best part about that video is the fact that he recycled. I mean, <laughs> yeah. honest. Hey, can't, can't do that in Jackson anymore, can we? What are we supposed to do now yeah, with our gator? There's a drop-off site for that gator. <laughs> you just got to pick you him gotta, up. You got to take him to the drop-off Put him in the back site. of the truck and just let's go. All right, so, so that was the guy who caught the gator. And Casey, what else did you find today? Well, the question is, our, our Philly guy, does that rival the all-time Philly interview moment, which was this? I ran to the back door, see if it was open, and it was. I ran upstairs, and I was greeted with smoke. 
I ran back downstairs. By that time, the ladder truck was pulling up. And ironically, being my one of my ex, my old co-workers took the ladder off the off the truck, raised it up, and was assisting people down. My man just started throwing babies out the window. But we was catching them, unlike Aguilar and his mishaps. I like to put that out there. Never so, let a shot go by. Jeez. It's brutal. That is all. I mean, with all due respect to the Gator one, the Nelson Aguilar comment, because this is right after this guy was catching bait. This was. I mean, from this a mean, burning I mean, building. How are you even thinking about that? That's like, what I'm saying. Like, and, and you felt the need with comedic timing to absolutely hit a, a grand slam against El Nelson Aguilar? There's no yeah. way. Oh. I mean, that, I don't know if that brutal. was a Tuesday morning after a Monday game and the, he lost his fantasy game, whatever it was. I don't remember the timing of it. Philly fans are ruthless. Hey, um, what's uh, what's the Little League world look like for you these days? We got a game here in uh, 35 minutes. Are you so. coaching? Are you coach, Scoby? I I am. I'm like assistant to the assistant to the assistant. So, <laughs> so you're the team mom. I basically I'm, I'm the <laughs> one in charge of snacks. Yeah, and man, Rice Krispie treats. Let's so, go. Yeah. But whenever you know I, we decided to do this on Tuesday nights, I told them that I'm going to be late. Uh, so they. They didn't bring my shirt last game, so I did not have a team shirt. I was the only coach without a team shirt. I showed up like a golfer. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah, that's, but it, it's going well. They're having fun. Here's the thing about it. Okay, you guys, Austin always gets these looks. Right? You were in town for a long time. Of course he gets six, the looks. Six, right? yeah. People he, are afraid, bro. Yeah. You can be afraid, too. <laughs> You're not blending in, let's just say, like, uh, uh, you're blending in a little bit better than, than Austin. I can blend in. I you're just not look six, like a six. golfer. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you could probably play Furican Friends, even though you're 15 years younger. That's a good point. Uh, grow up my, my gray hair <laughs> and look like I can fit right in. So, but the question is, like, do the kids know who Josh Scobie is? It, the it parents is, do. But it do is the kids. fun. The, the parents do, so the parents tell their kids. Okay. And it, it was so funny. Our first practice with my 10-year-old's baseball team uh, last month, uh, you know, I'm warming up with them, you know, hat on, sunglasses, and I'm standing next to uh, one of the kids on the team, and she's throwing the ball back and forth, and she's like, hey, you see that kid over there? And so I'm, you know, listening to her, and she's like, his dad is Josh Scobie. He, he used to kick for the Jaguars. <laughs> and I'm throwing the ball. I'm like, I go, hey, are you talking about me? And she looks over at me, and she's like, are you Josh Scobie? Uh, yes, that's me. And she, yeah. like, from then on, she's been, like, my best friend. Like, we, we chat nonstop. She's asking me questions over and over, and it's actually really cool. I, I love interacting with kids because most of them have, they, they didn't watch me play, but whenever they find out that you played a sport, yeah. oh, yeah, for they sure. Love and now they can actually you. go YouTube. Like can real, yep. they can really go do that. Like yep. and they know they how can. to do that. Yeah, and they'll find the bad things too, and <laughs> and tell you about it. I had a kid one time tell me, uh, he's like, "Why were you so bad in Pittsburgh?" Oh, I was like, "Well, because I was bad. <laughs> That's why I was bad." He's like, "Oh, okay, okay. Fair enough. Thanks for the explanation. Dude, that, they are blunt." That was always the worst part of, like, doing, like, community work, like, reading the kids. Oh, yeah. You'd go to a school <laughs> and read to, like, I don't know, second graders when you're 0 and 4, and the kid's are like, are you going to win a game soon? I'm like, probably not. Hey, man, I don't know. Let's, let's read Curious George here and just keep your mouth shut, all right? I'm going to finish this book, and I'm out of here. I don't want to be here anymore either.
they are they say how it is oh yeah, yeah they do they I mean, even it adults i mean luckily we're not in philadelphia i mean the fans are a little nicer here yeah, yeah. that is true but the kids just kind of have this nice innocent way of yeah. saying it how it is the problem is it's coming from their parents well that's <laughs> a good point that's true <laughs> although i always tell you this story i i've told josh's story before there's a couple like ty when he's little little like yeah. i'm talking like six years old and i had we had we had done like a meals on wheels thing oh yeah and i there's a banquet after and uh ties with me and steph's there too it's at st john's town center there's yep. a restaurant over yep. there and we're going in i was like ty you want to come in and uh, meet josh scobie he's like no i'm like why <laughs> i'm like and then you know he plays attention to it all he's like yeah. I see him on TV all the time. Yeah. See? <laughs> yeah. What's Why do point? I need to go see him? I get it. <laughs> Girl. Damn. Uh, by I, the way, I, I also heard th learned this this week. Speaking of uh, Little League softball, um, Kaylee was playing, and a, a coach was calling pitches, and the ump went over and said, you have to turn your hat on forwards. He had his hat on backwards in the dugout calling pitches, huh. and they made him turn the hat on that is the right way. It was a rule that you can't wear your hat backwards. As a coach in softball. See? Did that's not like, know. That's like Mike Ditka coming in the Bears team meeting saying, hey, Jay Cutler, turn your hand around. And Jay Cutler didn't do it, though. But Good. this guy, he got told on Saturday, that's and he insane. got told on Sunday. By the way, might add to your cult status. I told you, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> the documentary. Softball's inside cult. joke that I'm not a part no, of. No, it's all good. I'm making that documentary Netflix. Softball's a cult. Oh, it's absolutely a cult. <laughs> See, yeah. Josh, are you on board? I, I get it. All right. It's I, fully I found a, a producer. Yeah. I found a producer. Let's <laughs> <Yeah>. do this. <laughs> we'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Tuesdays at Top Golf. Josh Kobe, Austin Lane, Fred Martin. We'll be right back. thing going so far pretty good like I, I don't understand what has he done well or correctly since he got this job and and right now i mean it, it, what i don't like about it like we talk about people that, that don't do the press conference well this guy straight up lies like pretty much every time he talks like he's like oh i, I stay behind to hang out with my grandchildren i didn't were they the ones holding the camera i didn't see them in the video so i, I don't understand exactly uh where he's coming from on that he, he strikes me as a kind of guy who feels like he can do anything he wants and not explain himself, and I just don't think, being in the NFL, that that's the case. Yeah, there's a little interest. I, I've read a lot of stories about this whole Urban Meyer thing, and now everybody's going back and trying to tie it together. I read this one today, and I was actually surprised because I think it was uh, somebody pretty reputable that says, like, nice job putting this all the pieces together. I was like, I read the thing. I was like, what'd you put together? Basically, the big thing was the grandkids. He's like, I went back to be with the grandkids, blah, blah, blah. I think they totally took that out of context. Like, if you listen to the news conference, the way I took it out, and by the way, this doesn't make everything right, yeah. but just if you're going to get stuck on the grandkids, I was going to eat on Saturday night. He basically said he stayed behind on Thursday to go see the grandkids. He yeah. didn't say he – I don't think he said he was going to go out to dinner on Saturday night, and here's my agenda with the grandkids. But uh, everybody's kind of taken that – or not everybody. Some have taken that part and run. Um, listen, there might be some half-truths in all of the, the answers from Urban Meyer. I just thought that would, if you're getting stuck on the grandkids part, I thought the context was pretty simplistic of this is why I stayed up here. I was in Cincinnati. I'm going to go check out, the, see the grandkids a little bit uh, with, since we had Friday, Saturday off. I, I thought that was more the uh, conversation. And that's uh, fine if, you know, 
if that's you the fly truth. back up there Friday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why don't you just take that private jet back up there or catch a Southwest flight and come back up? But I mean, it like I said, it, winning solves all problems, and when you're 0-4, this looks a whole lot worse. Were there some teams that you guys played that you just hated to play? Uh, like the Titans appear to be that team. Like Houston, the Jags haven't had a ton of success, but I don't really think there's always this mantra of hating to play them. Indianapolis, for some reason, this franchise, yourself included, loves to play the Indianapolis Colts. And even when you're bad, good things seem to happen against the Colts, uh, which is weird, but it has. That's been the trend, at least since I've been here. Tennessee... I mean, they, if you go all the way back to 99, like, if people ask you what's the curse of the organization, I would say it's 99, yeah. right? You're losing three years to the Titans. I mean, that's how curses are kind of born. And Tennessee continues to be that thorn, you know, from Jeff Fisher to now Derrick Henry. And just don't seem to like to play this team primetime, anytime. And they've gotten some wins against the Titans. But was there – do you remember that? Like yeah. a team, oh, yeah. whether you were playing Kansas City, Chicago, oh, anywhere? Yeah, so for me, with my time in Jacksonville, like, I, and I never really felt the the pressure, the stress to play the Tennessee Titans because they had Chris Johnson, you know what they were going to do. Oh, yeah. Quarterbacks didn't, you know, I mean, you weren't really afraid of their quarterback at the time. But the Houston Texans were the team that, <laughs> at least for, on a defensive side of the ball, we hated going against because you had a quarterback in Matt Schaub that nobody really took seriously when he was good at the time. They had a running back in Arian Foster who was like, where did this guy come from, undrafted from Tennessee, never heard of the guy. He's, he's doing poetry stuff at halftime, <laughs> and he's running for 20 yards against you on defense. <laughs> Catching screen passes yeah. and rolling and, and, 20 and, yards. And then he's yeah. writing poems. Like, it's just it's insane. <laughs> yeah. The guy's super talented. Props to him. And you had Andre Johnson. Who is doing now? Uh, talking about how the world is flat. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> what he's doing. Like that. yeah. <laughs> and then and you had a guy in Andre Johnson who's one of the most underrated wide receivers, in my opinion, of all time because he wasn't this diva. He didn't have an ego. He just went about his business and played at a very high level. And you had a team that was properly coached. They were sound. It was just it, it was a solid team year in and year out for the Houston Texans, I felt like. Yeah, I honestly, I agree with Austin. Like, every time we played against Houston – I mean, as a kicker, it doesn't matter who you're playing against. But, yeah. like, it's typically about individual matchups, like if he's going against a really good offensive tackle. Uh, but for me, I hated playing against Houston. I don't know why. It's like they always had our number. Yeah, and yeah. now it seems like that has gotten shifted over to Tennessee. And it does help that you, you have a, you know, 400-pound running back <laughs> that still runs a 4-4. <laughs> and is, at, you know, it's, uh, has at least a thousand yards in his career against the Jaguars so uh, yeah I, I would say definitely uh, Houston when out when I was yeah. playing because they were they were a thorn they were just yep. like this little well, thorn. and it's so ironic because we're in a division with Peyton Manning and the Indianapolis Colts yeah. but I mean but when you're sitting next to the Colt killer right here like yeah you're yeah. worried about Peyton Manning but we, we like, always matched up yeah, well we with matched them. Up. Yeah, the yeah. style of ball for whatever reason seems to match up well you yeah. can always run against Indianapolis their yep. defense wasn't great yeah. and so you had Mojo or Fred Taylor and you could always get yards in the ground game keep it away from Peyton a little bit yeah uh, so yeah, and Peyton's not mobile from a defensive standpoint, so you're like, okay, well, at least I think I can well, get to him. He's not going to run away from me. Matt Schaub wasn't that mobile either. <laughs> yeah, good point. To be fair. Uh, but, but the crazy thing is the fans obviously would unequivocally say the Titans. Sure. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of fans, the Houston fans were horrible. The worst fans in the NFL, and there's not even a close In terms second. of what they said? Oh, my gosh. 
Right. Really horrible. I mean, as a kicker, you hear everything because yeah. you're right next to them warming up, and they were they were terrible. Wow. Would and you? I'm from Texas, so <laughs> that says a lot. Hey, by the way, would you have kicked uh, if you were the Patriots the other night, 56 yarder for Folk? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He was a good kick too. He just kind yeah. of uh, he just it a barely missed it. But yes, I would have kicked. You would have even in that. You didn't think the rain would affect it. You still got to give yourself a chance. It's 50-50, maybe. So I, I think, yes, I would have. Told right. you, Brent. Go coach up the Little Leaguers, man. That's the goal. Hopefully right. we win. We're 1-0 right now. Maybe sure. we'll talk more about Josh Lambeau again next week. Now we're good. Is Josh <laughs> Lambeau still on the team next week? Yes. Yeah, I think so too. All right. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's the least of the teams there is right yeah. now. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. Urban like, might want Josh to miss kick just to take it away from the attention away. Have ten roster spots for kickers. <laughs> I don't care at this point. <laughs> yeah. And right, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Uh, we'll see you on TV tonight. CBS 47 and Fox 30. Thanks to Josh Stobie, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. I'm Brent Martin. No Tuesdays at Top Golf. We'll see you next week as well.